Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Cracked Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. You are now listening to our bottom half preview of the 2019 French Open men's singles draw in part one. It was myself and Jamie McDonald talking about the top half of the draw. You know, Should we expect Novak Djokovic to win his fourth straight uh, men's singles grand slam? Who are the seeds we have on upset alert? Who are the young players we see having the potential to make a run? There's so many great young players as we've seen throughout 2019. So hopefully they will be able to assert themselves throughout this 2019 uh, French Open. But of course, there's an entire another section of the draw to talk about helping me do so. He is a former four-star recruit on TennisRecruiting.net, one of everyone's favorite writers on our CrackedRackets.com platform. And of course, a man I affectionately call Matt the Crack Stokowiak. Matty, hey, great shot and welcome back to the program. What's going on, Gruskin? It's French Open time, man. You know how, how excited I am about this. I feel like people don't realize that you, oh, maybe they do realize, but you and I, I think it was last year's Wimbledon, maybe last year's French Open as well. That was when we hit our stride. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these, this is the time of year, man. I mean, this is what it's all about right here, Grand Slam tennis. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. And I do want to talk about the bottom half of the draw because in my opinion, it might be the more exciting of the two halves, but For our listeners, they know recently when you've come on, it means we're talking a little college tennis. At the time we're recording this, before the Paul Jubb, Nuno Borges uh, men's singles final. I'm going to ask you real quick, give me a prediction. Uh, I'm going to go Nuno, and I'm going to (laughs) go Nuno in straight sets. He has not dropped a set so far in the tournament. He's looked really good. He's been probably the most consistent player in college tennis throughout this entire season. He made it this far. There's no way I'm picking against him now. How f***ing good has Nuno been he's, this year? He's been outstanding. I mean, he's had I mean, his whole career, really. You know, this year has been phenomenal, but he's just, he's a great player all around. He's been so good. Such a pleasure to watch. And again, you can tell if you've watched any of this uh, NCAA tournament, this is a senior on his last week of the job. It's just, it's going to be fun. I, I hope he has this sort of success on the Pro Tour as well, because he has so many parts of his game that I think will translate well uh, to the next level. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. What about the other side, Jokic and I believe Perez of Miami? Who are you looking at? <sighs> that's a tough one. I mean, I think that's the best possible final matchup that we could have had one on the women's. Two. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's I think it's right that those two are in the final. Give me Jokic. I just I feel like she's oh. been so good. I mean, she was very good in the team competition. I just she's a backboard. I mean, she's not. She does not make errors. I. I'm, I'm going to go Jokic. It's a tough call. I think it could go either way, but, but give me the two yeah. seed. I swear to God, I have not seen her miss this entire tournament. I mean, that girl yeah. is just a freaking fighter. <laughs> I always compare my basketball game to Nikola Jokic, so I agree with you. I'm going to go with <laughs> Jokic as well. I will also mention real quick before we begin our French Open, for our listeners who heard part one, you may be aware of this now, but usually I'm able to speak into a microphone. I sound a little bit clearer, although my voice is obviously a pitch or two higher than I would like. Unfortunately, today, again, I'm going to use the same joke. Fortunately, I am at a very close family friend's wedding, so I am in Philadelphia. I was not able to bring my microphone stuff, but we did not want to leave you high and dry. So with that being said, Matt, you ready to talk a little French Open? Oh, you know it. (laughs) Well, then, let's start. And as I mentioned, uh, much like our last one, we'll be breaking down each quarterfinal, talking about the top seeds. We like the dark horses, the predictions, all of those things. 
Let's start with the top half here. We'll, we'll talk about Roger Federer's quarter of the draw. Federer, the number three seed in this event, obviously playing his first French Open in a couple of years. Let's just start there, Matt. What do you think of that decision? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, this it's about time Fed gets back on the clay, right? I mean, we've missed him. I've missed him. I'm really happy that he's back here at Roland Garros especially. He's just another guy that, you know, back when he was in his prime, you know, he was everybody thought of Nadal when they when they watched clay court events, but Fed was right up there as one of the very best clay court players in the world. So, I think it's only right that he's back here at this tournament and I think he's got a real shot to make a very deep run and you know, when I look at his draw, I think his first couple rounds look pretty good. I think he's got a, a pretty good opportunity to make it into that third round uh, relatively easily. Uh, and then, you know, we'll go from there. Obviously, it's going to get tougher on him. But at, at first look, I, I like his draw. I, I really do. And we've talked about this before, but you look at career records at Roland Garros, Rafa Nadal, 86-2, and two, Roger Federer, 65-16, and 16, Novak Djokovic, 63-13. and 13. On the Roger point, it, you know, yes, he lost a ton of finals to Rafa in the prime of his career in those French Open uh, battles, but you can't say Roger Federer is not one of the top three, four, five best clay court players of all time. And if Nadal wasn't uniquely built to pick on Federer's weaknesses, lefty forehands into the one-handed backhand, heavy topspin into that backhand, you have to wonder if Federer would have gotten, you know, you don't even have to wonder, you can imagine he would have gotten two, three, four more French Open Grand Slam titles under his belt. Now, him playing this event, do you think that's a signal that, you know, he may retire at the end of this season. Clearly, it's his career is coming down to an end. He's almost 40 years old, but do you think that's a clear indication here? No, I, d- I don't think it's a clear indication. I think he just, I, I think he realized, you know what, I- I've taken a few years off. I haven't played any clay court tennis. And I think, to be honest, I think he missed it a little bit. I, I think he realized <laughs> that, hey, you know, forget Rafa. I am good on clay. I can play on this surface. I can beat pretty much anybody in the world. And... I think he just, you know, before his career is over, I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think this is his last run by any means, but he just, he wants to stack up, you know, a couple more times maybe and just see, see how far he can go. I agree with you. And look, you know my thoughts on Roger Federer, so... I won't make you yell at me about them yet, but you look at his section of the draw. Yeah, the first round, first two rounds maybe easiest. Sinego, I believe he won a round in Madrid, if I'm not uh, mistaken. He so he's come in with decent form, but you know nowhere near the Roger Federer. Yes, at the Italian Open, loses three sets to uh, Kachanov in Geneva, beats Masur, beats Kesmenovic, loses to Albat six and six. But it's a guy not playing too bad and. You still imagine Federer's the favorite, but you look a little bit further in that draw to the third round, a potential Casper Ruud, who was the finalist, obviously, in Houston earlier this year, or Berrettini, who has had an incredible clay season. I could see both of those guys giving Federer a little bit of trouble early on. Yeah, I've in that third round, I've got my boy Berrettini. You know I'm not picking against him in those first couple of rounds. Uh, Matteo <laughs> Berrettini, I've got full confidence that he can make it to that third round. You did mention Casper Ruud, who is a young, great clay court player as well. But I think this is just, Berrettini, this is starting to get to his time. Uh, I just, I really love his upside. He's starting to round into form. He's won a title on clay this year already uh, back in Budapest, you know, about a month ago. So he's in good form. And I I think that's the third round matchup we're going to get with Fed and Berrettini. And I I think Berrettini is going to be able to push Fed a little bit. 
you know, enough that Fed is going to have to, you know, really start playing well uh, in that third round. But uh, I, I'm not I'm not seeing upset there. I think Fed at the end of the day will be able to get through it. But at that point in the tournament, that's where it's going to start to get a little bit tougher for Fed. I completely agree with you. And look, Bertini and Federer have never matched up. But you look, as you mentioned, of what Bertini's done so far in 2019. Yeah, you know, Italian Open, he loses to Schwartzman in the round of 16. Uh, he loses in the final to Christian Guerin in the Bavarian International in Hungary. He wins the title there, gets wins over players like Kokushkin, Cuevas, Krajinovic, Monte Carlo in singles. He loses first round to Dimitrov. But overall, a fairly successful clay season, certainly for him. I mean, I feel like I always pick Federer to lose early, but if I was ever going to do it, I feel like this one is a little bit more justified because of how well Berrettini's been playing on the surface. But, I, I mean, I don't know. You look past that portion of the draw, you know, for that next where Federer would match up in the fourth round, uh, the group of, you look at the big names, Schwartzman, Vesely, Cole Schreiber, Chechenato. If Federer can get through that third round with Berrettini, the quarterfinals uh, certainly is very much in his grasp. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that section that you just mentioned with Chechenato and Schwartzman, those guys, Cole Schreiber, that's a really interesting section. I'm going to be interested to see who comes out of there. Uh, I do have Schwartzman, so... I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I do have Diego Schwartzman coming out of that section, matching up with Fed in, in the fourth round. I think that could be a super interesting fourth round match, but look... I mean, Martin Fuksovics is no easy first-round match. I mean, that's a guy that's, that's you know, a, a solid player on tour. He can match up, you know, any day of the week. And then you've got a Vesely, a, a Cole Schreiber, Robin Hase is tough. Uh, Chechenato, we know how great he can be on clay. So, I, I just, that section to me is super interesting, but at the end of the day... I really like Diego Schwartzman. I love his game on clay. He's had success at the French Open, and I think a fourth-round matchup between Schwartzman and Fed, that's juicy. Uh, I think that breaks perfectly for Federer, and we both know I'll be rooting for some sort of new major winner. I just want to say on the Chechenato-Schwartzman notes, they played in Madrid earlier this year. Schwartzman ends up winning the match 6-0-4-6-6-1, so if they're able to match up again. Both these guys obviously well aware of what the other one wants to do. I want to move on to the top section of this quarter because, to me, you could make an argument that the top half of the Federer quarter is the single most interesting portion of this men's singles draw. Yes. I'm just going to—yeah, I'm going to list some names for you right off the bat. You know, Chilich, Dimitrov, Christian Guerin, Riley Opelka, Stan Wawrinka, Francis Tiafo, um, Stefano Tsitsipas, just— this is a loaded section of the draw, and obviously all of these guys wanting a chance, you know, I mean, I'm sure they would like Federer to get upset, but all of these guys certainly would be itching to get that shot at him. Mm -hmm. Who Who's your favorite in this section? It's really tough. For me, it, it came down to Tsitsipas and Stan. Uh, I just, I think, sure. I think those are the two guys that really have an opportunity here to go super deep, you know, quarters, possibly a semifinal here. But it's tough. Like you mentioned, this is my favorite section of the entire draw. The Fed quarter is my favorite quarter uh, out of the four. But particularly, of <laughs> yeah, of course it is, right? But <laughs> no, but when you look at it, I mean, how could it not be, right? I mean, there's there's intriguing matchups all, all throughout this quarter. So for me, it came down to Tsitsipas and Stan. 
And I had a really tough time picking that one. I mean, Stan, obviously, he's won the French before. We know what he can do. If he's in form, I mean, he's a big match player. He plays well when the pressure's on. But I just, I feel like right now, this is just Stefano Tsitsipas' time. Don't you just have that feeling like th- mm. this might be the time? You know, he already we saw his success at the Australian Open. And I just feel like he's going to be able to continue continue that you know here in the next grand slam of the year so i've got Pass coming out of that section of the draw with you know winning a tough match against stan in that fourth round to play roger in the quarter can i give you a quick counterpoint before i get to that Pass thing mm-hmm. or not even a counterpoint just a quick tangent i suppose i'm gonna name the eight players in that bottom half of like the ct pass section of who we'd match up in the fourth round yep and you and you tell me who's had the best season or if they've had a better season than christian garen and and clay season for christian garen let's look at what he's done the clay season real quick gets that title in houston not the most loaded draw but along the way he beats chardy he beats query he beats rude then he goes to barcelona loses round of uh 16 to carbeas beña uh six four seven six but beats shapovalov beats klezan then he goes to munich along the way on his path to that title he beats schwartzman alex virev chechenato and berrettini with all due respect, and Stefano Tsitsipas has been incredible in 2019, but on clay, in terms of the clay portion of the season, yeah. in this top section, it would be hard for me to argue that anyone has had a better season than Christian Guerin, and that's why you look at that while Rinka, a potential, oh, obviously him versus Opelka first round, definitely my spiciest and favorite match yeah. of that first round, but just this entire section, you could make the case that he has had the best form. Absolutely, and I I agree with you 100%. I think out of all those players you mentioned, he has been the hottest on clay. He's had the most success this year, but what I don't like about his chances are just looking at the draw. I mean, I think think he got a rough draw with Opelka in the first round. I mean, Opelka's a guy that can just take the racket out of your hand. No matter how good, no matter how good Garen's been playing, what if Opelka is just dropping 140 bombs and his serve is just on? That there's not then much. You're... Exactly. Yeah, then you're over. That's that's the problem I have. And then let's just say he does get through that match. He's gonna have Stan Wawrinka, former Roland Garros champion, waiting for him in the second round. I mean, that's that's tough. I, I really like Garen, and I think I, I was just kind of hoping that his draw would have would have broken down a little bit easier for him because I, I think he got the short end of the stick here with his draw. So, I to be honest, I, I really don't like his chances. I mean, if he does happen to get through that Opelka match, I don't know if he's going to be able to beat Opelka and Stan back-to-back. I just don't. Three out of five. So <sighs> I'm not convinced. To your point, Christian Guerin, uh, if you look at his Grand Slam experience coming into this, he has played three Grand Slam first rounds, two at Wimbledon 2017-2018, one at the Australian Open this year. This is going to be his first appearance in the main draw of the French Open, but our listeners should keep in mind Christian Guerin is a former junior French Open champion, so it's clear, and you know, given the success he's had, we know of his proficiency on the red dirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in terms of Opelka, that sucks because it's just like you're – what are you? What are you going to do if he's hitting ace? It, right. You can't say, "Hey, Riley, stop!" Like, no more doing that. That's <laughs> we're not going to play that way anymore. We're going to drop and hit the rest of the way. But that being said, 
it's not like Stan Wawrinka has blown anyone off, you know, the map with his results in 2019. Let's let's look at what he's done so far this clay season. Second round loss to Cecchinato in uh, Monte Carlo. You go to Madrid. Yeah, he makes a quarterfinal there. Gets some good wins over Pea Nishikori, but loses one and two to the informed Nadal. Loses first round Italian Open to Gofen in three. Loses first round Geneva Open to Zumher in three. If Christian Guerin can get by that Opelka battle, obviously the confidence that comes from that. I also think the similarities in terms of aesthetics of the Guerin and the Wawrinka serves, they're so similar that I would love to watch that matchup. I mean, I think Christian Guerin, again, I I think I've made it clear. I think he's coming in into this bottom section with the best form now. Uh, You know, you kind of look beyond that and... Uh, below him, he, he's got Chilich and Dimitrov, who would face a potential second-round matchup between the two of them. It's not like either of those two guys have blown you off the cover with results either. No. I mean, I look, I will say this. If he happens to get through those first two rounds and he's in that third round, he'll be my favorite to go to the fourth round because I, wow. don't, I don't like Chilich right now, and I don't like Grigor Dimitrov right now. Neither one of those guys has played anywhere close up to their potential this year so far. They both had rough years. I don't like the form that they're in. I'm just worried about those first two rounds. I just, I don't see Garen making it out of those first two rounds. I think it's a little bit too tricky with, with Opelka and Stan. But if he's able to do that and and make that third round, I, I, think, he, I think we could see him in the round of 16, for sure. Mm. Absolutely. Well, then we've focused a lot on this quarter, but real quick, uh, a guy we haven't talked about, another young American in this portion, Francis Tiafo. First round, he's got Philip Krajinovic, but then, you know, he'd have if he wins that, he'd get Carbeas Benia Muller. Then he would potentially get Stefano Tsitsipas, who, by the way, Maximilian Martyr, not exactly the easiest first round matchup for Tsitsipas, but I guess eh. two, two, two-fold question here for Tiafo. Third round's the expectation, right? And then, I guess, for Tsitsipas... It's it's quarterfinal or bust. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, for Francis, I, I've got I've got him on slight upset alert in that first round. I mean, Krajinovic wow. is a, slightly. I'm I'm picking Francis. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm picking Francis, but I I'd be Francis needs to be well aware because Krajinovic is a guy that can play really well. I mean, he's been around a while. He's played in these Grand Slams. His ranking has slipped because he's been injured. But this is a guy that's played all of the top guys. He's had experiences against the Nadals and the Federers in his career. That's It could be a tricky match for Francis, especially on clay. I mean, if it was on a hard court, I, I would like his chances better. But on clay, I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking with Francis and, you know... I'll say that pretty confidently, but I do just want to mention, I, I do have a slight upset alert on that match, and on the part of Stefano Tsitsipas, yeah, I mean, the way that he's been playing with his result at the Aussie Open, I mean, number six seed, I think I think Most he's... Most wins on tour thus far this year. Exactly. I mean, I think he's just looking at it like, you know, I've... I've got to make the quarters here. I mean, this is a chance for me, you know, again, to make another quarterfinal of a major, and it's set up pretty well for him. So I I agree with you. Well, then we'll end on this quarter here. Give me your pick. Who advances to the quarterfinal round? Who of this section is getting to the semifinals? So I've got Federer advancing to play Tsitsipas in the quarters. There's a shock. 
Um, look, I, I had a tough time picking the Tsitsipas. The I, I have Stan and Tsitsipas in that round of 16, and I, I think that could be a great match. I mean, again, I said Stan can play well when those big matches come up. I know he hasn't been in great form, but something about the French, I just if he can find it with his first couple of rounds, that could be a super interesting match, but I'm leaning Tsitsipas there. Oh, man, and then we get to the quarters, and... Don't kill me for this, Gruskin, but I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Fed. I'm doing it. I think they look. They played at the Australian, right? And Tsitsipas got him. I think that's still in the back of Federer's mind. And if they do get to that point in the quarters, Fed is really he. I just oh man, it may be more with my heart than my head, but I just I feel like Roger. He's gonna do it, man. He's gonna do it. I'm picking. Well, I'm picking Fed to get to the semis over Tsitsipas in the quarters. Of course, in a great match, I think that could easily go four or five sets. But in the end, I think Rogers is going to get it done. Thus far, between you and Jamie, our predictions have been Djokovic, Team, and Feder. So I see we're getting very creative for this year's French <laughs> Open. I mean. Look, it's a tough bet. Federer doesn't play this tournament without, uh, you know, one goal in mind. You don't, you don't play at 37 unless you're trying to win the damn thing, unless you think you're capable of doing that. But look, Christian Guerin is a very common upset pick, I feel like, for this top half to advance. I agree with you. I think, do I take the Bertini pick over Federer? Do I just pull the trigger there? I mean, yeah, no one's going to hold me to it. Sure. I'll take Berrettini over Federer in that third round. So let's assume he loses, and let's say Berrettini gets to that quarterfinal round against the winner of that top section, which, again, just so wide open. I think I'm going to go Tsitsipas Berrettini. I'm going to take Tsitsipas to make another semifinal. The guy has been so good, so confident. He knows exactly what he wants to do, match in, match out, which for a 21-year-old kid is not something you can say often. I think he's got the best form of anyone in this quarter, and that's why, look, I, I don't think you're going to call me crazy. When I think he beats Garen in that fourth round, or maybe he beats Stan in that fourth round, and I just think he he's just been too good recently. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see Tsitsipas in the semis, not not one bit, but look, it, look, I'm the biggest fan of Matteo Berrettini that I know. I don't know anybody else that likes <laughs> him as much as I do, so, I mean, if if... Berrettini makes the quarters of the French. That's just going to validate everything I've ever told anybody about Matteo Berrettini. <laughs> so that I, I would actually love to see that. I mean, I would have a huge smile on my face if that happened. I just, Gruskin, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I, I don't think he's quite ready for that stage yet. That's why I think if you're going to pick Tsitsipas, that's fine. But I, I would go Tsitsipas over Fed rather than Tsitsipas over, over Berrettini. But we'll mm-hmm. see. That's why I have you here, to hedge the bets. One of us will look smart, I promise. Uh, it's just a matter of which one. But all right, with that, you want to talk about our other quarter? Yes. All right, let's do it. And I know you know our NCAA final begins in like five, four or five minutes, and you want to catch that. But well, you know, we'll, we won't rush through this one, but I will be keeping that in mind, I promise, Matt. Um, so let's start with the, the bottom half of this draw. Obviously, Rafa Nadal, the number two seed, he's won, what, 11 French Opens coming into this one. He got his first title of the year last week so finally seems to be rounding into that perfect French Open form as he always does and you look at this quarter I mean at least through the first three rounds as much as I love players like Yana Konofman, Kimmer Kopenhans, Dennis Kudla, Kesson Minovich those are you know even David Goffin yep. in in 2019 those are not names that are threatening to Rafa Nadal at the French. 
No, no. Rafa got, let, let's just be completely honest about this. Rafa got the best possible draw that he could have hoped Absolutely. for. I mean, it almost seems like it was like they, they did this on purpose to help him out. And, it, you know, when I first, first took a look at the draw, I was like, whoa, was this rigged? Because it, it looks, doesn't it just look a little bizarre? I mean, we all those names that we mentioned in, in the Federer quarter, right? And then we look down at Rafa's quarter, and it's just the opposite. I mean, it, it's like Rafa's not even going to be challenged for, for a few rounds in this tournament. I mean, those first two rounds are going to be qualifiers. I don't see him losing a set. I mean, those are going to be the first and second round, two straight set matches. You can book that right now, no question about it. I, th- I have Gofan in the third round matching up with Rafa. I think that could be a little bit tougher, but in the end, Rafa probably in straight sets, maybe in four if Gofan finds a way to sneak a set, but that would be at the most. And then, you know, we're already into the fourth round. It's just, it's crazy how we mentioned all those names at that other that other quarter, and, you know, down here it just looks like Rafa's got the perfect opportunity to get through a couple easy easy matches and then find his form as he gets later in the tournament. And you know, as it gets deeper, he always gets better. So well, that I think is the key point is he's going to have the chance to experiment in those first two rounds. Now for the listeners who don't know, Yannick Hanifman, a former USC great, uh, cracked the top 100 at the end of the last year, but then got injured in October. Actually a guy we've had on our cracked interviews podcast. So if you want to go learn a little bit more about him, go check that out. But yeah, you just uh, as good as he is on the clay, his ability to take balls early, move forward, a very interesting game style. He's got weapons with the serve, with the forehand. I would argue with the backhand as well, uh, but just it, it's not Rafa level. I mean, yeah, and then in the Copenhagen, you know, the Copenhagen's Madden match. Good luck to that winner. Right. Look, could look has met, the the thing you don't see and what it takes to beat Rafa is, and this is a crazy thing to say, but you have to be able to hit him off of the court. Unless you're Novak Djokovic, in which case you're the exception to every rule. But right. you have to be able to take time away from him, and none of these players in these first three rounds seem like they would be able to do that. Now you look at the top half, though, and you kind of take a deeper look at this uh, portion of the draw, at least in terms of who he'd match up with potentially in the fourth round. You know, you could argue Gita Pea, Daniil Medvedev, them along with Tsitsipas have been two of the three most consistent players week in, week out on tour this year. And I really think this top, you know, this top half of his quarter is wide open. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Medvedev wouldn't be in the fourth round, though. That would be the quarterfinal matchup, which which I do have. But I think it's... Are you sure? Positive. Yeah, 100%. Uh... 100%. So, fourth round, right? It would be no. It would be the fourth round match. You know, one, mm-mm. two, three. I'm gonna go ahead and say you're absolutely right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Gruskin. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I just did a little math. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm here for, man. That's what I'm here for. Um, no, it, the, the fourth round. When you're looking at it, it would either be Basilashvili or or Pella. I think in the fourth round, and so yeah, I, right. I've got mm-hmm. Guido Pella there. I think he's been in great form. Tricky lefty Argentinian. Uh, loves playing on the on the clay as well. I think that's really going to be the first match that Rafa, you know, is going to be tested. I think Pella has some tools, especially on clay, that can give Rafa problems. I mean, he's another le- lefty. Rafa doesn't see all, you know other lefties all that often, and he's just he's a very solid clay court player. So I think that could be an interesting fourth round matchup. Basilashvili. To me, on clay, not really. Been, I don't think he's been that good. On I completely agree. Yeah, with you. just yeah. on clay, not not really 
I don't I don't like his chances if we're being honest. So yep. I mean I'm I I'm almost, almost looking for Richard Gasquet to possibly uh-huh. you know take that second round match over Basilashvili and match uh, up with I Pella also, in the third. I don't hate a Mutet Pella uh, or Pella Pella however we're gonna say it second round matchup. I think Courtney Mutet, the young Frenchman, has been playing better and better throughout the 2019 season. Now for our listeners, who, you know he hasn't been blowing people away on the ATP tour, but you look at what he's done on the challenger level. Uh, you know, he played a bunch of the American challengers, makes the semifinal in Tallahassee, goes to Savannah, makes the quarterfinal there, goes uh, to, I believe, uh, I believe he lost in the final in uh, Samarkand, and then he goes to the Leon Open, loses in three, he beats Opelka first round, loses in three sets to Bautista Agut. This is a player who's been playing well. I'm just saying, if he beats Pea as well as Pea has been playing in that second round, don't be shocked because his level has been improving. But yeah, just. I mean, as good as Guido Pay is, what is he going to do that Rafa hasn't seen? Before? Right, and and that's really that's the story that I want to get back to is just how great of a draw this is for Rafa. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, if you if you were to say, hey, you know, Rafa's probably going to match up with Guido Pella in the round of sixteen at the French. I mean. What would you say if we would have talked about that before the draw came out? We would have said, "Well, that's for not, that's best case scenario for Rafa." Honestly, right? I would have said, "I would have said not shocking that Paya made it, but like joke for Rafa that that's the Ex- matchup he got." Exactly, yeah. which you know Rafa's just got to be loving this draw. So I, man, we're we're talking four rounds here, so that would put Rafa into the quarters, and I, I think he's going to do it pretty easily, yeah. man. I just do. No, I like that. Well, then, and it's funny for Guido Opea, you know, he did have a very good a very good form coming into it, but you should look at his last couple of tournaments. In Madrid, he lost second round of singles to Warinka after beating Medvedev at the Italian Open, lost first round to Fritz. So, hasn't you know, not that that discounts everything he did earlier in the year, but not coming in as in quite a good form as he was earlier. But you talk about that top section of this quarter, the, the top seed here, Kei Nishikori, the number seven seed, he matched up with Frenchman Quentin Hellis, who uh, I believe, uh, you know, a former top junior. Obviously, we've seen him there before wild card into this event. But some of the other big names in this section, Joe Willie Songa, a potential second round for Nishikori, uh, Laszlo Jure, the 31 seed here, Alex Dimenauer, who is not, you know, coming back from injury, has not played that well as of late, but he's the 21 seed matching up against American Bradley Klon. Pereno Busta, another top guy, Benoit Pair, coming off of a title in Lyon. And then, of course, number 12 seed, Daniil Medvedev, who matches up first round in a very fun match with Pierre Hughes-Herbert, the Frenchman. I mean, you're looking at this top section of the draw, and I guess Medvedev, clearly on paper, has had the best results of anyone in this section. But, you know, Benoit Pair coming off of a title, we know how explosive he is. Again, another wide-open portion of this draw. It is, but it just, it screams Medvedev to me. I mean, I, I thought I, you were about to say it screams Nishikori. And I was gonna no, 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 no. I, it's, it's, it's all Medvedev. I think this is, this is a golden opportunity for him to get to a quarterfinal of a slam. It's just, it's set up for him. He's been in great form all year. He's been playing good tennis and I, I really like his chances. I do. When I saw this, you know, it, I immediately thought of a Medvedev Nadal quarterfinal and I really want to see that because that that could be super entertaining super entertaining so hopefully we get that I mean with Nishikori I just I don't know man he Nishikori is always a wild card to me it's like how healthy is he what kind of form is he going to be in you know 
that second round match with Sangha possibly with the French crowd and everything, that's going to be, you know, a crazy environment there. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see Nishikori making it all the way through to the quarters of this one. I don't. I think Medvedev is going to do it. Well, I'll say this for Daniil Medvedev. Coming into this season, he had two career wins at the ATP level on clay. Uh, You look at his results at the French Open, he's lost first round the two times he played in 2017 and 2018. But then, you know, we see him this year in 2019. He goes 8-4 on the surface. He makes a semifinal, obviously, in Monte Carlo. I believe in that semifinal match, did he lose to Fognini in the semifinals? Was that his draw? Yeah, it was, and he was up, too. Or no, 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 no. he lost to the Deuce. He lost to Deuce on the Deuce, 5-1. But he was, wasn't he up 5-1, 5-2 in that first set? Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah, and so... Again, for him, Medvedev beat Djokovic there, so obviously he has that sort of confidence now on the surface. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like we're selling Nishikori a little bit short because he really hasn't had that poor of a year. I mean, you know, especially even by his standards, makes the quarterfinals in at the Italian Open losing to Schwartzman, but he beats Struff and Fritz along the way. Loses second round of Madrid, 3-6, and six, but to Stan Wawrinka, you can kind of write that one off. Loses in the semifinals of Barcelona uh, to Daniil Medvedev as well. So again, oh, Daniil Medvedev forgot to mention his Barcelona result, but just the the fact being Nishikori there beats Fritz, beats Carbeas Benia, beats FAA. These are both two players in very good form, and you know, as good as Joe Sanga has been throughout his career, you just you look at his results recently, not on the level of, say, a Medvedev or a Nishikori, so he would enter all of those as significant underdogs. But I guess you know, you're looking at this top section. You said it before, all uh, all Daniil Medvedev. Is there anyone, I guess, of the seeds that you think are going to be early round upset alert? And then ultimately, you, do you stick with Medvedev's the one who's going to be challenging uh, Nadal come quarterfinal time? Yeah, a couple of the lower seeds in this section I do have on upset alert. I think Alex Dimonor, as much as I, I love him, I just I, I haven't seen too much from him on clay yet in his but- career. I, uh, quick counterpoint. Quick counterpoint to that is, I feel like though of all of the people he could draw, Bradley Klon, who obviously a great lefty, hits heavy spin with that forehand, but the backhand slice on the clay certainly going to be targeted routinely. I feel like that's the best case scenario for. It's like the opposite of what happened to Tommy Paul. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he got a pretty good draw with that, but in the second round, he's going to match up with a guy that loves the clay, whether that's Carreno Busta or Jao Sosa, and I, I, I just, agree. I just, I think. I think that's probably where his run is going to end right there in the second round. I've got Demonor on early upset alert, and then the 31 seed, Laszlo Jere, I also have on first round upset alert. I think he's going to lose to Ramos Vinolas. Um, Ramos Vinolas, Spaniard, lefty, loves the clay. He's played pretty well. I- I've got him winning that match, and actually getting to the third round, I have Ramos Vinolas in the third round. Wow. So th- those two... Lower seeds in that section, uh, Jerry and Demonor, I have on early upset alert. Uh, I believe, yeah, so for Laszlo, uh, you know, obviously, that, that I think that's fair. And when anytime you're a low seed to say you're on upset alert, it's not even a real thing. Now, a match we didn't mention that, uh, you know, we rave about Daniil Medvedev, but for him to play Lyon title champion Benoit Paire second round, Benoit a guy you never know what you're gonna uh, what you're gonna get from him on any given day, and you know we should say they've played once in their career. 2017 indoor hardcourt Medvedev won that match five seven seven five seven six. 
that's certainly an early upset alert for Medvedev. And I think as fans and people who try to predict, we're going to get a really good litmus test for where Medvedev's game is at in that Benoit pair match. And if he's able to advance comfortably, you know, frustrate Benoit pair to the point where he checks out, that will bode very well for his chances moving forward. But all right, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of the upset. I think on the bottom half, we talked, you know, Barankis, not an easy matchup for Gofen. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, Basilashvili, we kind of talked about him and his form on the clay, why he could be a potential upset early on. But all right, give me your, you, you said you have Medvedev, Nadal. Are you ultimately Nadal moving on to the semifinals? Yep, I do. I have Nadal moving on over Medvedev in the quarter. I think that could be a great match. But again, I, I'm not picking against the king of clay at the French. I mean... I'm just not. He won Rome. I think his form is starting to get there. His confidence is going to be there. And those early round matches, again, he's going to have time to work his way into the tournament. So when he gets to that quarter with Medvedev, he's going to be fully aware, locked in, ready to go. And I think he'll be able to take that one, whether it's in four, five, three, whatever it is. I think Rafa will will move on to the semis. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, look, I am I get you know I joke around with you and Jamie when we always pick the favorites, but am I going to be the guy who comes out on limb and say no, don't pick Nadal? Like the guy is right, come on, rock solid on the surface. Like you're stupid if you're trying to suggest otherwise. Now, oh, I would love to pick you, Daniil. You know you're my guy. Yeah, you I know love, I've I been rocking. Yeah, I've been rocking with him since the. Be- oh, yeah. I, I, I know. I, I don't mean to, you know pop myself up god knows we all know my ego is healthy enough as is but since the beginning of 2018 i have said rothman medvedev and tsitsipas are my guys to watch there's a perfect and by the way that's also one of the most blossom uh blossoming fun rivalries on tour between those two we had the opportunity to get a grand slam semifinal if i have the huevos to pick them both to get there but I'm not going to do it. I agree with you. Rafa Nadal, too solid on that bottom half of the draw. I think he advances to play Tsitsipas. Now, uh, before we wrap up, I did give Jamie the opportunity to, you know, a couple minutes to talk about the top half or the bottom half. Any thoughts he has? I want to give you that same chance, Matt. Any any final thoughts on like the top half of the draw? Any final predictions you want to give uh, before we release this bad boy? Yeah, I, I think the top half is definitely interesting as well. Um, you know, for Djokovic, I think. He's got a pretty good draw. I'm looking for him to match up with Borna Choric in the round of 16. I think that's probably what we'll see there. That could be a, a test for him. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of other guys in there. With Zverev, I mean, Zverev did win a title today, finally. <laughs> he finally did, did oh, it. Did he, he got the win over Jerry? He did get the win over Jerry, 7-6 oh, in the third. I apologize, but Westoff, give me some breaking news out of Stokowiak sound effect, please. Thank you for that info. Yes, and, you know, I, I still, though, Zverev in the majors, I'm sure you and Jamie, uh, Jamie hit on that. Go. I'm not, <laughs> look, I'm not getting into it. Um, the bottom line is, <laughs> I, I think, I've already said enough about that. The listeners know what I feel about that, but um, Fognini's another guy that I think could make some noise. I mean, he's he won Monte Carlo, obviously. If he is mentally there and shows up to play, I mean, he could make a run, but... At the end of the day, I'm looking for Dominic Team really to get through. I think, I think Team has a really good chance to get to the semis. Um, he could have a tricky quarter, whether you know that's Hatchinov or Del Potro, one of those guys down there. But 
I, I think I think Djokovic is is gonna come out. I, I really do. As as much as I would like to pick team, I think team can make the semi. But give me a Djokovic team semi, and then I've got Novak advancing from there. Oh, see, I, I, Jamie and I already talked about this, but I think if teams on that bottom half of the draw with Nadal, my, you know, I think we'd able be able to stop a Djokovic Nadal final. Yeah. Also, this is a fun stat I heard earlier, but do you know there have been more Djokovic Nadal matches than Super Bowls? Yes, I do know that because I heard that from you. Uh, yeah, was that, were you on that pod? I was not on that pod, but I listened to that pod. Oh my god, you're such a kind man. So, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. That shows where my brain's at. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think everything you said is valid. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating French Open. I think this tournament, much like every tournament we've seen this year, who's ever playing the best on any given day really can win this thing because the the gap between... Oh, well, I guess maybe not Djokovic, is all when they play their best, but the gap between the top players and everyone else seems to be closing each and every tournament. That's why we've seen so many guys have successes week in, week out. That's going to be a really fun French Open. Again, you, you want to give me your predicting, uh, predict the winner real quick? Yeah, be absolutely. I, I do need to be on the record. I'm going Rafa Nadal. Um, <laughs> a bold I, pick. Well, a bold pick, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, I, I'm not going to pick against him. I mean, I just, I don't think it's a smart thing to do. He's coming off the the Rome title. I mean, look, the guy's won 11 French Opens. I mean, give me a break. There's no reason to pick against him. I think his draw is perfect. His draw sets up for it. I mean, if he was in a different section, I would have maybe thought otherwise. And I was looking for that. But when when you look at, you know, at that section that he's in and you really break it down, I mean, he's going to cruise, I think, into the fourth quarterfinals. Um, And from there, he's only going to be, you know, he's going to be on top of his game and Three out of five at the French on clay. It's the toughest thing to do, I think, in tennis is to beat Rafa at the French in a three out of five set match. So I, I don't I don't see anybody doing it. Give me Rafa. No, I like it. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I am not going to give a pick yet because I want the reserve the right to flip flop later on in the tournament. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's certainly yeah, it's typical Gruskin. Yeah, I've, at this point, I've given up. I'm like, you know what? I'm done making predictions. I, I feel too bad about I, I think on my most recent pod, I called Alex Rybakov a French fry, and I like, didn't mean You know, it was out of affection, but I heard about that, so I'm going to try and not do things now. That's a lie. I don't really care. Um, uh, I wanted Make to take Dominic Team. Okay, I have taken Dominic Team to win this tournament since January 1st, 2019, right? I feel like you can confirm that. I've said Dominic Team's winning the French this year. Yeah, I, I, look, I think Dominic Team is going to win a French Open in his career, if not multiple French Opens. It's just not going to be this year. All right, you know what? I'm, that's all the inspiration I need. I'm going to differentiate with you. I'm going to say Dominic Team beats Djokovic. Hold on. To beat Djokovic and Nadal back-to-back, do you know how hard that would be to do? Yep, that, that's why, man. The way that the draw broke down, yeah. this is why I'm picking Rafa. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. How about this? I'm going to pick... Um, <laughs> I do, do not pick Rafa. The draw is perfect for him. All right. 
Rafa is the obvious favorite. That being said, give me Dominic team. If it ain't broke, don't fix I love it. it. I'm going to stick with that pick. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I wouldn't be me if I didn't pick something That's like right. that. That's right. So, yeah, we'll stick there. But, all right, a uh, huge shout-out to our super producers, as always, Max Flingner and Daniel Westoff, who have a f***ing editing job to do, and I promise we will keep them busy throughout this entire French Open because we will be coming to you with our daily updates on the mini break pod. I mentioned this last time, but – you know, these are the moments the mini break pod was meant for. We used to do these as daily GSPs. We decided, nope, let's make its own feed. Stokoyak, I, I want our listeners to know you will definitely be on a few of those this week. Oh, of course. Yep. Just yeah. let me know, man. Absolutely. It's the high. Well, then, you know, as always, a huge shout out to you, my wonderful co-host. A shout out to our super producers, Max Fleeter and Daniel Wassoff. And from our entire team at Crack Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Maddie, I'm running a little bit late for this wedding, so I got to ask you to say it. What do we tell our fans? Hey, great shot. I'm happy you didn't say that's the break because he'll deny it, but Jamie did in the last one and we cut it out. Thank you, <laughs> listeners. And we, yeah, we will see you all throughout the week. Enjoy the French Open. <laughs>